Hey, Cody, can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Um, this is Jason's podcast. With me, I have Cody from, oh gosh, I lost my note. <laughs> from uh, Getting Real with the Mind. He's joining us. We're going to talk about mental health and see where that goes. Uh, thank you for having me, Jason. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So um, I, I I wanted to start off because I saw some of your posts and I just wanted to get some background in it. So what made you want to get into doing a mental health podcast? Okay, um, so I had a uh, previous podcast uh, called the Cody Springer Show. You know, it was kind of my own podcast. You know, just talking about the stuff I wanted to talk about. Um, talked about sports. Talked about stuff going on in the news, and then. Just after a while, you know, I kind of just got, you know, uh, I just kind of got burnt out on all that. And then, you know, I I wanted to um, come back to podcasting, but I wanted to do something that I felt mattered and that really connected and resonated with people. So that's why I decided to uh, um, create Getting Real with the Mind. Okay, that's that's awesome. That that's actually that's really cool, because um I've I've delved into mental health on my show. all right take two. <laughs> all right, <laughs> it's that that was fun. So, where was I? Oh yeah, was, so I delved into mental health on my show before, and I just it wasn't something that you know I felt like I could personally stick to because my show has kind of just been a bit of everything. Because I've gone from like cryptids to a, a weird lobster cult that I found on Facebook to a bunch of other different things that have been going on. Like I talked about, I got I've gotten political a few times, and I've talked about men's health. But I kind of hear more about the your your journey go, getting to this point. All right, so um, to kind of outline, you know, where I've been at. You know, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression in 2015, and that's when I was officially diagnosed. But I probably have had it for longer than that. Um, and, you know, at that point in time, I was just feeling like, you know, uh, severely depressed, even had suicidal thoughts. And, you know, I was just at the point where I needed to get help. And so, yeah, I went to a behavioral health um, center and I told them how I was feeling and, you know, we did a couple screenings and, and then I got the official diagnosis from there. And then in the first episode of my show, you know, I talk about, um, you know, I had to do a group therapy session and what that was like. And, uh, you know, that was an incredibly tough thing for me to do, you know, talking in a group and opening it up about uh, what I'm feeling and, you know, and and listening to everybody else uh, say their piece as well. So, yeah, it was definitely a tough thing for me to, to do. And, you know, I started taking medication. I was taking – they started me on Prozac and Ambilify. And the combination of both those medications just made me tired all the time, just sleepy. Like, I would go to work, and then I would come home, and then I'd be up for maybe half an hour to an hour, and then I would go to bed because I was just so tired. And it was like that for quite a while. And then I said, no, I can't do that, you know. So uh, they took away one of the medications, and I think I was just taking the Prozac at that point. So, um, yeah, and then I just stopped taking everything all together because I kind of felt like, you know what, I don't need this. So I threw the pills in the trash. So I, did, I don't need them. And looking back on that, in hindsight, probably a mistake. But, you know, um, you know I was like maybe 23, 25 at that point. So, you know. Um, when you're young like that in your early twenties, you, you know, you think you know everything when you really don't. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Um, so I, it's just been a kind of an up and down kind of roller coaster. And then, um, two years ago, 2020, I had a really bad car accident. 
um, and I um, was injured pretty badly in the accident. Um, I had get an ankle surgery done, and then I had to do a, a complete reconstruction of my nose. And yeah, it was some pretty gnarly stuff. And ever since then, since the accident, I've had some PTSD. For a while, I, I couldn't drive without like almost having a panic attack. It was it was pretty bad. Um, nowadays, you know, here in 2022, two years removed from the accident, just about, you know, I can drive more comfortably. I mean, and every now and again, I, you know, get a little anxious about it. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, car wrecks, man. Yeah, they're definitely no joke. You know, I mean, I got pretty seriously hurt and and I'm, I'm thankful that I uh, pulled through. That sounds horrible, and um, I I can, oh. really, I can yeah. completely relate with you with the you know thinking I know everything and throwing out my meds because I did that twice. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm good. I like, I'm good. I don't need this. And then I regretted that decision. Both yeah, times. yeah. I mean, yeah. You just get to a point where you're like, I, I don't need to take this stuff anymore. And then you come to find out later, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's like they don't tell you that when you're coming off of them, like you feel even worse than you oh, do. Yeah. Like when you were on them, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be a problem at all. And I was like, oh man, I think that I need to go back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I mean, you just get into that kind of de- uh, denial phase, like, oh, I don't need this. You know, I'm fine. And then when you get off the meds, it's just like, whoa, you know. Yeah, like yeah. It, it it hit me. I was like, I didn't realize I was as bad off as I thought I was because the my medication was just kind of keeping me, like right right off of that edge, pretty much. And then it's it's a pain in the ass because I have to go like I had to go through the VA to get my medication. I it's it's a fight. Oh man, it's still a fight. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, right now I, I'm just trying to find the right medication for me. I haven't had much luck. Um, I was taking Wellbutrin not too long ago, and that was I was working for the first five days I was on it, and then started having really bad mood swings, anxiety, and then just crying for no reason, you know, just getting upset and just, you know, ah uh, man, it was tough. So I I called my doctor, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, you're not taking that anymore," you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, it's been tough. You know, I'm kind of just looking into alternatives, you know, maybe taking, maybe not taking prescribed medicines, not for me. You know, um, you know, uh, I had a friend, um, I was talking to him earlier on today and he also does podcasting. Um, you know, he, uh, his name is Mark Hammond. He's the host of the evil Mark show, um, which is a sports podcast. And uh, he recommended I look into um, uh, cannabis uh, macro dosing. Um, maybe that'll be something to look into. Um, you know, because where I live out in Arizona, they have uh, it's legal out here medicinally and recreationally. So, um, yeah, so it might be something to look into. You know, I know that medical marijuana has, you know, uh, really helped a lot of people out, you know, in that aspect. And I'm not sure what it would do for me. You know, I mean, I've used marijuana before, but not medicinally, you know, so I, I don't know. Yeah, because I've heard that too. And like, I know a lot of people, like one of my friends, like I went to high school with this kid and he goes, yeah, um, I, I do acid to deal with my mental health. And I'm like, how do you, how does that work? Cause I've never done it. I've never felt a want or need to, but I just, from what I've heard about it, it's like, you don't really, you just kind of see stuff differently or you hallucinate. And I don't see how that would help you with depression. Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like my, my friend Mark was saying, uh, and we were talking a couple months ago and he said that he tried, uh, DMT. And, like, it completely changed his brain chemistry and how 
he saw things in the world, you know? And that's the thing, like, these psychoactive drugs, I think, are maybe, you know, changing something in the brain chemistry where people are maybe, like, calmer, you know? They have more of a sense of what's around them, you know? Um, I I don't know. I, I mean, I've never thought about, like, doing anything like that, but who knows? Um, I think, um, it was, uh, article I read, um, I think it was, uh, some kind of drug. I I can't remember what it was, but, uh, it's a well-known drug. Um, it's, yeah, like, I think it's had studies that show that it's actually been helping people more than it's been like addictive. That's, that's different. Yeah. Um, I'll have to um, look back and see what drug it actually was. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's not ketamine, but it's uh, something. But, yeah. Because I know... Oh, God bless that dumb dog. Um, But I know, like, with with acid, from what he told me, like, when it comes to him using it, apparently it unblocks, like, creative pathways in in your brain. Is how he described it, and I'm like, that just sounds like, like BS. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't sound right. I was like, I don't understand how it would do that because usually acid just causes a chemical reaction in your brain, and that's it. Right. It doesn't reactivate things. Right. But, yeah. I mean, uh, it's interesting to me at the same time, um, but I mean, if I mean, whatever works, you know, I mean, whatever works true because like that's that's a big thing like being in the like you know me being in the military me on my way out is um, all i hear about now is uh, is veterans mental health how people from the military like 22 veterans a day commit suicide and things like that and i'm like well and then they're not doing anything to fix that they come out with like these new programs these programs work for a year and then like okay cool then they mismanagement they mismanage it and then it's right back to where it was before, where more people are depressed and no one's doing anything about it, or trying. And no, everyone people are afraid to seek help because they feel like once they seek help, they're going to get kicked out of the military. Which right, yeah, like the the veterans, uh, I feel bad for the most, you know, because they have to go over the, you know, and do the things that us normal folk don't do. And once they get out, yeah, like you said, they're they're struggling. They have PTSD and they feel depressed and have anxiety and there's no like real support system for them and it just really it, it sucks to see that but like and like as much as I, I didn't fully agree with Trump as president like there's like things he, like it wasn't like him like in his policy making it was him like just not shutting up and causing more trauma but like he, he tried to make steps he tried to put policies out to make the VA better to make resources easier for veterans to get but he faced pushback because it was Republicans versus Democrats. And that's kind of right. what they ran into. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's get these VA things going. Maybe they can actually train us and teach us how to actually use these resources. Because I realized, like, I was like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I don't know who I'm supposed to talk to. How do I get into contact with people here? How do I get these things going? Just to find out that after I do all of that, I have a six-month wait from one appointment to another appointment. Mm. And I'm I'm like, how does that help me? How is that going to help other people like me in my situation get the help that they need? Right. And he, he had policies in place. He was trying to get things pushed forward to make that easier, to make everything easier for the military because he actually kind of, he cared in a weird roundabout way. (laughs) And it's so weird to talk about Trump two years after the fact. Well, well, that's the thing, like, I mean, you know, I mean, you got to take care of your members of your military, you know, and it it just kind of feels like the government feels like they're just tools, you know, Um, and then when you when you don't have use for them anymore, then you just throw them away. And I I think that's just, you know, that's horrible to think that way. Yeah, but they look at it from like you know, just dollar signs on a budget, which is right. the biggest thing. Is they would rather spend 
$3 billion on a green energy project like solar panels that are going to be obsolete in 15 years, where the runoff just from creating the solar panels is more damaging to the environment than burning coal. Same with like electric cars. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very you know, pro electric cars because I just think they look cool. And it's an awesome concept. You have these like giant strip mines getting all the lithium for the batteries out. So it's kind of like a, but they'd rather spend money on that than they would actually caring about the people who've kind of put their whole lives on hold and sacrifice everything they can to ensure that they can sit there and argue in DC for like three weeks at a time over something stupid. Right. Yeah. Like I, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, bureaucratic bullshit that goes down, you know, in Washington and, you know, and there's people that are in the places they, they shouldn't be in. Oh, but, I, I 100% agree with you. Like, there's people who are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, well, almost 80s. Some people are pushing 80 who are in these offices when they shouldn't be because they're not going to live with the laws that they're putting forward. And right. that was like the biggest thing when like the our country started was they weren't supposed to just be congressmen or congresswomen. They were supposed to be citizens first serving not sitting in Congress 180 days out of the year, yelling at each other, making laws that aren't going to affect them while everybody else is suffering. Yes. And that's why I think we should go back to a smaller government. Right. Yes, I, I agree. You know, there's definitely way too many cooks in the kitchen. And yeah, I'm all for a smaller government. Be so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should also crack back down to 13 states. Um, everybody else is screwed. Just the original 13, no one else. Uh, <laughs> easier to manage. Um, <laughs> right. Because what's funny is like I, I, got my, I got my degree in history and I focused a lot on American history because I've always – it's like we learn it in school, but you don't really learn that much. We learn like on the surface of things. And I come to find out the biggest reason why like our federal government is as powerful as it is is because of the Civil War. Because everyone's like, whoa, let's not, let's not have the states have too much power now. Like what almost happened to us? We don't want that again. All right. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, because, but then causing them to have all this power and not letting states make decisions. I'm sure if you let states run like VA offices... There's a lot of states that wouldn't do a good job, but there's definitely more states that would be better off doing it that way so they don't have to sit there and fight and fight and fight for all this funding, like for veterans, and then be able to handle it themselves. I think the only issue you'd really run into is um, moving from state to state, making sure you continuously have, like, if you're on disability, you have that disability, and being able to go to a doctor, like a VA doctor. Yeah. But, like, letting states make decisions is a better option in the long run. Especially when it comes to medicine. Like, especially because there's not a blanket thing saying that every state can do medical marijuana. Like, God forbid you're on it. You know, you're, you're on medical marijuana for like your depression or you have like a, a specific kind of cancer. And then you have to move to a different state to get treatment. And you're not going to be able to get that same prescription. You might not even be able to get it at all. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what kills me is like, I know a lot, like a lot of people use marijuana for their mental health and things like that. And that's cool. Like I'm, I, I'm not one of those people. I'm not in a position where I can, but it just feels as if like the people who know that, who know that they can do it and they know that it's working should be allowed to do that no matter where they live. Right. Yes. And then the same thing with like, I feel like we, we over medicate people too. Cause I feel like I went from, Lexapro to Buspirin, and then they were talking about putting me on pro, like Zoloft, and I'm like, I don't understand why I need to get on stronger medication instead of trying to find a way to better man- mitigate these things. Because I feel like they think the cure all is just give someone a pill and they're good to go. Right. Yeah. I think that's you know been the mentality, so to speak, of you know the medical industry. You know, we have to appease. You know, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, so we're going to give patients uh, a bunch of pills that they can stuff in their mouth, you know? 
Um, I think that's been their solution to things. And so that's so that way they get money, you know, and, uh, you know, that's definitely not always the best solution either. Well, and then like, we need to be able to also make like mental health care more like easy, like easier to access than oh, yeah. shelling out, you know, $500 for an hour session, like once a week, like that's $2,000 a month you're spending instead of being able to use that money to, you know, maybe if you're, you're in a bad spot mentally because of where you're living and you can't get out of that spot because you're paying half of your rent to a therapist. Right. Yeah. They need to, yeah. That's the one thing that I believe our country is not doing so well at is, you know, making mental health a priority, you know, cause I mean, you know, if people aren't going to mentally fit, then, you know, then they're not going to be mentally fit to run in society, you know, and that's why we have as many bad incidents that we do, you know, with, with shootings and, uh, you know, and people just acting out because they're not mentally well, you know. So I, I feel like, you know, our country has a long ways to go in taking care of people's mental health. And, um, you know, it's definitely a growing problem with each and every day. Yeah, and then it, it doesn't help, like, us being men, like, we have the biggest issue with mental health. Because a lot of things, like, a lot of that stops men. Like, it stopped me for, I was, like, pride. Like, I didn't want to go and, like, get help. Because I felt like it would make me look weak. So I was like, well, if I do this, people are going to start talking about me. And that's something that I think we need to normalize is that it's okay for you to go get that help. If you need the help, get the help because suicide rates in men are significantly overshadowed the suicide rate for women, but no one talks about it. Right. Yeah. And people don't want to talk about it. You know, I'm just going to say this right now. It's everyone who's listening to the show. It's okay to not be okay. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you know, I mean, if you're feeling depressed, you're depressed, you know, if you have anxiety, you have anxiety, you know, I mean, it's, it's who you are, you know, it's a part of you. And I feel like they're, you know, people shouldn't be ashamed of their mental disorders or anything like that. And if there's people out there that's making another person feel that way, then they're just less of a person, in my opinion. I, I agree with you on that. And then you, but at the same time, you also get these people who self-diagnose. Like, that's one of the reasons why I got like off of TikTok because all I saw, because I think the algorithm did me dirty, was just people self-diagnosing themselves with a million and a half different mental illnesses. And then, then when they're questioned, like, why didn't you go to, have you gone to a doctor about it? They freak out and call, say that the person's being offended, offensive and ableist. I think that's the one they use. And that blows my mind is like people who self-diagnose like that are the same are the reason why people don't want to go to doctors because now they feel like if they go, they're just going to, it's just somebody going to, somebody's going to be sitting on the other side of that room or side of that chair saying, Oh, you're just self-diagnosing yourself because you saw it on social media. So you think that that's what's going on with you. And I feel like that's another big issue. Like these influencers say they have all of these different diseases when they really don't want to get likes and views and all that shenanigans. That's another thing, too. I feel like social media has definitely been a very negative contributor to people's mental health. And that's something I'm going to get into on my podcast. I'll do an entire episode on social and why social media is bad for one's mental health. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, like you said, you got these people on TikTok who are self-diagnosing themselves. See? See, that the problem with TikTok is there's a lot of people who do this DIY stuff, you know, and some of it, yeah, yeah, like, you know, they're doing, you know, DIY, you know, baking or cooking or, uh, you know, doing home improvement stuff, you know, that's fine, but self-diagnosing diseases when they have no medical uh, degree or any type of expertise in that field, that's just ignorant to me. 
yeah, and it's it's really it's really just disingenuous, and it just causes more strife and more just. It it makes it harder for everybody else who actually wants to get the help to get the help, because you're flooding all of these doctors and all these people who are trying to take their time out of their lives, you know, to help people dealing with everyone who's lying about it. So then they get the negative stigma in their head where, okay, this person just saw this because they were on TikTok, and they're right. like, Oh my God, this is so me. Let me go to the doctor and get some drugs. I don't know. That's how they talk in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it just, it, it blow. it just blows my mind. Like, I've worked with people who are like, oh my gosh, I'm so depressed and like, blah, 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 blah. And like, you don't understand what it's like to be in my shoes. And I'm like, okay, I've been, I mean, it affects everybody differently and not discounting what they're saying in any way, shape or form, but it also, it affects everybody differently. Like some right. people can still, you know, be happy and look happy, but on the inside, they're like dying on the inside. Whereas other people, they look sad and they, they are sad. And there's nothing that they can really do about that. Yes. But it just blows my mind that, you know, everybody expects every, everything to kind of be the same when it comes to mental health. Like everybody reacts the same way. Everybody has the same, same side effects, same symptoms. When in reality, that's not how the human mind works in any way, shape or form. And I feel like a lot of it, a lot of it's like a misunderstanding, like, a lack of understanding on the human mind because our brain named itself <laughs> and that's like the weirdest thing to think about so I think uh, there's a dude on, U- on YouTube his name's uh, Rono Gaming he's a, he's a biologist and he describes humanity as um <laughs> Anxiety, anxiety computers in uh, bone mechs. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. I, I think a lot of people don't take mental health serious enough. You know, they're just like, oh, someone's depressed. Oh, that's that sucks for them. Like, no, like, like you just don't quite understand the battle that's going on inside their mind. You know, I mean, one day they feel good, you know, they feel good about themselves and they feel good about life and they have an optimistic outlook on the future. And then, then the next day they wake up and everything they thought positively, uh, yesterday that no longer matters today. You know, they feel depressed. They feel, you know, shitty about themselves and they just, they don't care, you know, like they just have that, you know, mindset, like, Oh, everything's screwed up today. I, you know, like life sucks, you know, and, and, you know, and it's the depression that's talking to them in the head, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a constant, uh, you know, downward upward type of deal, you know, to deal with. And it's not, like easy like people make it think like people make it seem like people watch tv and they watch like characters on shows like okay they're like depressed for one episode and then all of a sudden the next episode they're fine and they're good to go and people think that that's how it works because they see it here and they're like oh so it's just like you're like really sad for like a day and then you're fine and it's not that cut and dry <laughs> no definitely not you know, I mean, like, life isn't like what it is, you know, in the movies or in TV shows, you know, like, you're, you, I mean, you are scripting your life as you go, as you go, you know, day to day, you know, you're scripting your life out as you go, you know, just the decisions you make, you know, the, uh, the, you know, the moves that you make, you know, that, that, that determines the story of your life, you know. Um, it's not like, you know, in a TV show where, you know, there's 10 writers, you know, who decide what, you know, what character does what, you know. Uh, no, it, life's not like that. You know, you are in charge of the story of your life. You know, the day-to-day, um, 
decisions, the day-to-day interactions you have with people. You know, I mean, you can change the course of your life with just one decision. And that's the thing. We only have one life to live, you know, because that's the thing. You know, there's only two things guaranteed in life, and that's taxes and death. That's that's an understatement. And taxes just keep getting worse every year. So I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Because that's, that's another thing that leads people down, like, into depression is, like, finances. Because we, we're living, you know, in a point where we're about to hit another recession, like in 2008. Yes, we're getting to that point. Because inflation is through the roof and they're not, they're not doing anything about it. The, they're just printing more money and going, oh, it's fine, it's fine, we're good, we're okay. Everybody's good. Get out and vote. Vote for the people who aren't me. Well, vote for the people. Well, vote for me. Don't vote for the people who aren't me. I messed that up. Vote for us because we're not them. Right. But well, yeah. nothing's happening. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, like, and back on your point about finances, you know, people view money as like a measuring stick of success. Like, oh, you know, if I don't make this amount of money, I'm a failure. You know? No, that's not true. You know, like, I mean, just because you're you're making you know, thirty thousand dollars a year and you think that's not enough, that doesn't mean you're a failure, you know. Um, I mean you you dictate what what you think is success. You know, you get a promotion at your job, you know, yeah, that's that's a successful thing. You know? Um if you or let's say you uh did so many units of of the product that you uh, package at your job, and then you know that's the most units you've ever packaged in one single day, and that's success. You know, success can be measured in in all different types of things. Like, you know, let's say if Jason drops this episode and it gets you know fifty thousand downloads, then yeah, then that's success. Um, but yeah, but people view money as a measuring stick of success. And it it is not, you know, you can have $12 million in your bank right now and you can still feel like the most miserable person in the world. Yeah. That like, and that circles back to social media because we have all these people in our faces all the time. We have all these celebrities like on our screens, right in front of us in our hands. And we spend so much time comparing ourselves to other people and it causes more and more of this stress. It causes more and more people to feel like they're not doing enough with their lives to the point where like, okay, I'm not this person and I'm not able to do this and I'm a failure. And it's just, it's a snowball and it just keeps going and going and going to the point where you're just tearing yourself apart because you feel like you're inadequate all the time compared to some dude who got one good acting job and now he's like in every movie on the planet. Right. And that's, it's not fair. It's not fair to you. It's not fair. It's especially not fair to like your family. Oh no, definitely not. And it just, it it blows my mind. I, I get it. Like, you know, we, we phones came into like smartphones came into existence and we can broadcast ourselves everywhere. The entire world is like officially like a stage and you can do whatever you want. You can put yourself out there. You can say whatever opinions you want. Like this show, like I've gotten a lot of, a lot of, a lot of angry, angry emails about this show because I've done some episodes that piss some people off, but I didn't let it stop me. And I don't sit and I don't compare my show to like Time Suck with Dan Cummins because he's, he was already an established comedian. Then he did a show and it's just blowing up because if I do that, then I'm not going to go anywhere. Somebody like, well, I'm not getting a hundred. I don't have a hundred thousand people on my Facebook page or my or following my Twitter or my Instagram account, so I'm not gonna. I'm not successful. And it doesn't happen overnight either. You got to work for it. You can't just put an episode out and expect it to grow. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. You know, you said the you know that the criticism and the angry emails didn't stop you. So that's the thing. Like people tend to give up when people think negatively of them 
you know, like, oh, you had an opinion I didn't like, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't have said this, you shouldn't have said that, and like, I, you know, and then people are, they, they can't take it, you know, I mean, I mean, that's the thing, like, online criticism, I think that's something else that messes with people's heads, you know, and you can't really let that shit bother you, you can't, you know, like, if, you know, I've had some people in the past, you know, comment negatively about me, but I don't let it bother me, you know, because for one, it's probably it's someone talking behind a computer screen. I can't take that seriously, dude. You know, just because someone didn't like what I had to say, you know, that don't mean anything to me. I really don't. Especially because, like, at the end of the day, the way I look at it, it's like, are they out here doing this? Are they out there putting themselves in a situation where they're opening themselves up to criticism? And if they're not, why does their opinion matter to me? Right. Because if yes. they're not putting in the work to make themselves out there to put themselves in a position to be criticized, and all they're doing is openly just mo- throwing out any criticism they want, then they're not at the same level, and they're not in a position to really cast that much judgment. Right. But then again, I can I say that, and I sit on my, I sit and I'll play a video game. I'm like, man, this thing sucks. I can do something better than this, and I still don't do it. Or I go watch a movie. I'm like, this thing's horrible. That I don't do anything with it. <laughs> but it it all it all it's it's all just a, a vicious cycle. Yes. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of vicious cycles out there too. Oh yeah. But like that, like another thing is like you know, you talked about going to group therapy. I I I did I did the same thing. That was like my first like attempt as an adult going to therapy. They threw me into a group session, and I was like, I have no idea what to do here because they don't tell you. Okay, you're gonna sit down, and you're gonna you have your turn to talk. They have their turn to talk, and you have to listen, and you have and like no one tells you what how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to react to things because there's people who are worse off than you. And there's like, and you just have to kind of sit there and you just have to listen. And you're like, oh, wow. And then you start comparing your own issues to that. And you're like, maybe I'm not as bad as I think I am. And then you kind of get that false confidence. And then you stop going to therapy. Then you go right back into it. Because that's, right. that's what happened yeah. to me. Yeah. Like, you know, when I had that one group therapy session, like I, you know, listen to people talk and, you know, I just, um, you know, and then then one lady, she said that she felt like her depression was mostly gone. And I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, maybe, maybe that could be me one day. You know, maybe I get to a point where I won't feel depressed anymore. But every person's different. You know, just because one person can get over their, their issue quicker than others doesn't mean that's going to happen for the other, the same person. You know, like every person is different. Everyone deals with their own mental problems, mental health problems differently. Um, for some people, it could take about a year or two to fully get past whatever they're going through. And, or for some people, it might take 10 years. Yeah, everyone's different. Yeah, that's another. I feel like that's another thing where people just expect results to happen immediately. It's like getting on a diet and you're like, okay, well, I'm not losing weight now, like right in the system. Okay, I'm going to quit because this obviously doesn't work. Like people just expect things to get done for them. They expect to do it for like five days or like five minutes and it's supposed to work right then and there. Oh, it doesn't help that we live in, in an age of instant gratification. You know, like people expect results to happen overnight like oh i you know i just dropped this uh, youtube video and you know i wanted to get five million views overnight and then when it doesn't happen like that they're like you know the hell with this you know um but yeah like it's just that instant gratification like oh like like let's take a woman for example and you know i'm not trying to be sexist when i say this but you know they'll post a um a you know a picture of themselves and and then, of course, you know, you'll have the guys on there and they comment like, oh, you're beautiful and this and that. And then they get that instant gratification. Like, oh, they like my picture. You know, they think I'm attractive, you know. And I guess the same could be said for guys, too, you know. 
Um, it, you know, it, it, yeah, it just doesn't help that we live in that era of instant gratification. Yeah, it's 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 weird because no one else is like live like we're like the guinea pigs for this because no one else has had that kind of that that kind of reach that kind of power where you can post something and someone on the other side of the world will see it in an right. instant. So and then that also just plays hell on you because you're like, okay, everyone can see this. Why is no one doing anything? Yeah. Because like, no, I just. Oh, go ahead. Because like even like with this pod, like my show, um, I I it like anchor breaks down everybody who listens to it. I have like two percent of my listeners. I don't even know why or how are from Russia. And I'm like, how the hell are they getting this? And I think it's because I said Putin's name in a podcast, and it dinged up on their system. Yeah, like, well, that's the thing. Like, when I dropped my uh, debut episode of, you know, the, my podcast, I had, like, um, a, you know, one person from Russia downloaded it. And I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> like, like I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, what? I mean, I, but this is the thing about podcasting. You know, podcasting has become very accessible to people. You know, like there can be someone from like Africa, you know, who finds your podcast because it's one of the one of the platforms you distribute it to, and then they start listening, and then it creates like a a domino effect, and then next thing you know, you have an audience in Africa. It's it's so weird, like because the internet is just weird to me. Just one second you're like looking at a funny like like the early days, one second you're looking at a funny video of a cat, and the next thing you know you're watching ISIS beheading videos. Like <laughs> that that happened uh, to me. <laughs> I let YouTube run, the next thing you know, I, I'm hearing someone yelling in Arabic and I'm like, What's happening? Am I on a watch list now? Like <laughs> That's a pretty uh stark contrast. And videos and video content. Yeah, and I think it's because I watch a lot of biology stuff. So it's like, oh, he likes blood. Thank, <laughs> thanks, YouTube. But that's the thing. Like everything's ran by an algorithm now. You know, like YouTube, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, all ran by an algorithm. The Facebook algorithm is the worst one. Oh yeah, definitely. Is the. Sure. The episode I just did actually talked about how me messing with people who still believe that the Confederacy was in the right during the Civil War has caused Facebook to think that I'm a Confederate sympathizer, so I get stuff for that. And I'm like, okay, how do I undo this? Because <laughs> <laughs> I joined a Facebook group because one of my buddies told me about it. He's like, it's called Sherman Did Nothing Wrong. I was like, okay, this is funny. I cannot wait to see a bunch of General Sherman memes. And that's the next thing I know, I'm joining them and going through other groups and just ragging on the Confederacy. Now it's like, hey, so uh, you like slavery, huh? And I'm like, no, Facebook, I don't. Please stop. Father, no. <laughs> yeah, Facebook is the worst. Like, oh, I could have a conversation with somebody about a product and then Two hours later, I, I go on Facebook, and there it is. That, that happened to me when I was looking at I was looking at a new guitar because I was thinking about getting back into playing ba- playing bass because it that's something I did when I was younger. Next thing you know, I'm seeing ads for like Sweetwater, Fender, and I'm like, "Whoa, hello, this is weird." <laughs> yeah, like that's how they target you. You know, they uh, are gonna you know show you ads for you know, stuff that they think you're potentially interested in. I think, you know, they're, they're always listening. Oh, I know. Right now. <laughs> yes, right now. They're, they're listening to us right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. So is the NSA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they might be listening to us right now as we're doing this podcast. But it's all good. We're not, we're not up to anything sneaky. Right. 
it's just, it no. just blows my mind that like we're just constantly being watched oh yeah and, and that's the thing like i i think about that uh, and i'm like you know the nsa likes to listen to people's phone conversations like well like what if someone's on a phone sex line you know just as an example <laughs> I mean, are they literally going to sit through that entire exchange? You know? Like, oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. I think that NSA agent's going to have an interesting night uh, listening to that. <laughs> you know, I, I thought about that. I'm like, what if they're like listening in on someone on the on a phone sex line? You know? Like, seriously. Like, why? <laughs> what? Fair. What? What relevance does that have to them? It, I mean, it's clearly not a th- any kind of threat to national security, you know. Unless it's uh, so, a... so why would they want to have an interest in that? I mean, it could be for blackmail. It could be a politician who's addicted to sex phone lines, and they're like, "Hey, we can get this guy because he calls his number every Thursday and talks True. to talks to Charlene about the the horrible things he wants to do to her." <laughs> well, but okay. What if it's just a regular Joe Schmo? You know, he works at, in construction, and he's lonely, so he calls the phone sex line to seek, you know, uh, companionship. You know, in a forty-five minute conversation, and he's paying like five cents a minute or whatever. You know, <laughs> it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it happens, though, you know. Um, it's weird. Yeah. So so what would be their interest in that? Uh, I guess to help Facebook create more targeted ads. <laughs> For phone sex lines. Oh, my are, God. Are, are you tired of Charlize? Try Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be the worst. I'd be like, man, I can't get on Facebook in public anymore. <laughs> like that's kind of like the that's the world we live in now it's going to be like um god what is it altered carbon remember have you seen that show i've heard of it but um i haven't seen it but there's like a point like when he gets he gets into like his new body and he's like walking around the city and literally like ads are popping up like in his eyes D- depending on where he is, like where he's walking around, mm. and he had, and you have to apparently you have to pay for them not to do that. Wow! I'm like, what the hell? I mean, is it kind of like I don't know, hinting at like a, a metaverse type of thing, or? Well, because like in the show, in the, in the books, basically, like your whole consciousness is like on a disc, and like that mm. disc can go from body to body. So you, if like one body dies, and as long as the disc isn't broken, you can literally be given another body. Wow! So you're virtually like immortal, as long as you can pay, pretty much. And I'm like, okay, that's creepy. I'm gonna check that show out now. <laughs> the The first season is great. The second season, not so much. Mm. But in the second season, Anthony Mackie plays the lead character, so that's pretty cool. Nice, nice. Yeah, he's a he's a good actor. I love him. Like he was really good in that. Well, I think my favorite movie he was in was Pain and Gain. Oh yes, uh, that's one of my favorite movies too. Yeah, him, Mark Wahlberg, and Dwayne Johnson. Oh man, oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's a great movie. I love I loved it. It's, it's just so dumb. He's like, "Why'd you do it? Because I'm a doer." <laughs> I'm like, what? That's what doers do. <laughs> Commit murder? <laughs> I, I know, because like the dude who he portrayed in the movie, and like, and the guy who played, who played Anthony Mackie played for both sentenced to death. And then like The Rock, <laughs> his character was like, he was like, let go for good behavior in prison. Because <laughs> he found Jesus again. Because like, that was like his, right. his character's whole thing. I don't want to hurt anybody. <laughs> Pepe was my friend. <laughs> that was so dumb. Oh god! I was even your friend. What? 
Oh, that was a great movie. But it's just so weird to like. I like that we got off on that tangent. <laughs> yes, that was great. <laughs> but it's just—it's so ridiculous. Like, because social media does all this. They target you. You know, even like I talked about depression with my friend while we were doing stuff for the military, and the next thing you know, it's like, try this new depression drug. It's to aid your current antidepressant. I'm like, what? And then you listen, and then you read the side effects. Like, oh god, that's worse. I think I'll just I'll just stay sad. Yeah, like I, and side effects of some of these medications are just like terrible. Oh, you could feel more depressed, have suicidal thoughts, and then some of these medications. Oh, you might get some anal leakage. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, like uh, you can you can keep that. I'm like, good. Like I've I've already got that kind. Of, I already got <laughs> digestive issues. I don't need any more. Um, yeah, I'm good without my not having to worry about my ass leaking while I'm walking around. All right. But it's just ridiculous. Oh yeah. And now like if you download an app on your phone, you have to like it gives you an option of whether or not they, they want you want them to track what you're like viewing so they can cater ads to you. And I'm like, yeah, don't track that. No. So, <laughs> so they ended up with like even yeah. weirder ads. <laughs> yeah, like on my iPhone, you know, every time I download a new app, I, I always hit the option, um, ask app not to track. And I'm like, oh, I, I was like, I prefer they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get like, I, I got one ad and it was like, better than Pornhub, King's Choice. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't even watch that stuff. <laughs> I was so confused. I like, guess they're like, well, we don't know what this guy likes, so just there's some horny at him. And I'm like, and everyone else in the office is like, yep, do it, send it. Good idea. <laughs> it's almost like they want to target you through sex, you know? Like, you know, uh, mm. well, that's another thing, like they use in advertising is, is sex. Like, you know, you see these things, like these advertisements for beer, and it's just a bunch of women in bikinis, like, not even drinking the beer, they're just holding it. You're like, all right, I think I'm going to buy some Coronas now. I'm like, all right, let's go. I want to see an ad with dudes like me hanging around playing D&D or something while drinking, like, Angry Orchard hard cider. And be like, I'm in. You sold me. Because if dudes like me do it, I'm for it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I feel like you know, they target every interest group in some type of way, you know? Yeah, like, then you look at, uh, you look at, like, companies, like, during Black History Month, during Pride Month, all of a sudden, that's all that company's about for the entire month. Then the day the month ends, nothing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, Valentine's Day, you know, like, you know, it's that one day <laughs> out of the year where, you have to show your significant other that you give a shit, you know? And when you should be showing them that you care every day, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I like understand it, why one day makes it more special. Right. It's dumb. <laughs> and it happens, you know? Like, that's just kind of where we're at, though. Like, people realize they can be predatory with their ads. They can hit you where they know they can hit you so that they can get you to buy their product. It's smart. Right, mm-hmm. I think they call it guerrilla marketing. I have no idea. I don't. I don't know anything about business other than, okay, this is how I make a T-shirt. Cool. Then you guys do everything else even better. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta let the money roll in on its own. I don't need to manage it. All right. That's for people in suits. I wear Hawaiian shirts every day. <laughs> <laughs> It blows. It, it it just blows my mind. I'm 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 fascinated by it at this point in my life. I'm like, I just want to know what like what led us to this point. And then, like the same thing goes with like why did we why did we stop caring about mental health? You know, like there was a point where like every it was a huge upswing at the beginning of COVID. Everyone's like, okay, go to this place, go to Better Help. It's a great app. It, you know, they'll match you with people. Your therapy's gonna be awesome. They just can't give you medication. 
for that, you need to go to a different kind of person. Like, that was awesome. Like, that was a big push during the beginnings of COVID. And then once everything got back to normal, it disappeared. Like, it's, it, well, it's, it's what kills me. Well, that's the thing. When COVID was going on, people were isolated. You know, people were at home. And, you know, there was people who, who didn't do well being in isolation. You know, there was people who became depressed and, you know, they just, you know, because they couldn't go outside, you know, and be live a normal, productive life like they were accustomed to. And people didn't do well, you know, when, you know, when COVID was at its height. And, yeah, and I just kind of think, you know, it, it became a societal thing, you know, and... Now, you know, I mean, everyone's, you know, um, out and about like they were before, you know, I mean, COVID's still going on, but it's not as bad as it was before. But, you know, I think, you know, it was a thing where they wanted to keep everybody isolated and people didn't do well in isolation. I know I didn't do well. I was struggling. I uh, I got divorced. <laughs> oh, well, I mean. <laughs> but that uh, was because that's... of a lot of things, but I think us being stuck in the same place, it kind of brought a lot of stuff to light. That happened a lot. Like, divorce during COVID was hot. Oh, yeah. I guess, I mean, you were being forced to be around <laughs> the other person all day long 24-7, and, you know, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you could go to work, you know, if, I mean, then you can have that time away from that person. Kind of, you know, clear your head or whatnot but now with covid now i mean people had to be around each other all the time and i think you know that that played a factor yeah because like people didn't have like ways to meet like deal with their stress like people used to go out to like went to bars and stuff to like hang out with their friends to get like deal with stress to deal with all the other things going on in their life just to talk and like be friendly and then during covid like you weren't you were almost not allowed to leave your house right Mm mm-hmm I remember, like, I was told I had to wear a mask to take my kid to the park. And I was like, what? You want me to, wow. You want me to wear a mask to stand outside where there's, like, two other people? Uh, the mask mandates got a little crazy there, too. <laughs> they got real crazy real fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I still have to wear a mask where I work. Because, like, we have a system where it's, like, high, medium, low. And it's all based off, like, how many cases of people testing positive, how many people are being exposed to COVID. <laughs> Excuse me. Like, in our area, and right now we're high. But I always, I wear a mask all the time because I don't trust people. People are dirty. Yes. They, mm-hmm. they come to work sick, and they know they're sick, and they don't care. Right. So, like, it doesn't affect me. But every time I go talk to somebody, like, man, I can't believe I have to wear a mask, man. It's so dumb. And I'm like. Well, maybe if you washed your damn hands more than once a day, <laughs> right? We yeah. wouldn't be having these issues. Mm-hmm. Totally. I made the joke I was going to buy a plague doctor mask during COVID just to walk around so no one would talk to me. <laughs> I was like, it's going to happen. You guys are going to see me. They're like, don't want to be around that guy. He's taking this a little too seriously. <laughs> but like that, that factored in with mental health everybody was struggling everybody was stressed out people were killing themselves because they felt like there was nothing they could do about it and then then once covid became less severe and people were able to start going out all of a sudden you stopped hearing about mental health so hearing about ways to mitigate that how to get help because no one cared anymore like i think they just updated the suicide hotline like i think it takes effect like either this month or or took effect last month so they changed it to yes. what, 988. Yes, uh, 988. That's the uh, official number for the uh, suicide and crisis uh, health prevention, or yeah, the crisis line. Um, yeah, you can call or text it now. Um, I had a little thing for it in my podcast I did last week, and I'll be putting that into every episode that I do. Um, so, yeah, 988 is the official number for the uh, crisis and suicide prevention lifeline. And it's it's phenomenal that they finally opted back from being a 
uh, 1-800 number. Right. Because, mm-hmm. because I actually have a, so being, being a, a patient at the VA, going through all of that, they gave me a wristband and it actually has the, it had the suicide hotline number on it. And then for veterans that you press one, it takes you to the veterans crisis line where you're actually going to talk to another veteran who under, who's going to not get off the phone with you until they know you're going to be okay. Or until help shows up to take you where you need to be. Oh, and that's awesome. It was, I, I've called it. I've had to call it and it, it helped. Like it, Blue, like I didn't. I, I called it. I was like, "Oh, this isn't going to be anything. I'm not going to feel any better." But then, after a three-hour phone call, I was like, "Okay, okay, I feel better. Like, okay, I think I can do this." Well, that's and, the thing. I think people at times need somebody to talk to. You know, so, someone that that will listen to them and help them through whatever it is they need help with. And it can really be beneficial to people who need the help that they need, you know, just someone to listen to them. And, you know, and I, I think that makes a world of difference. Yeah, Cause um, I've, I, I know people who literally all they needed was somebody to talk to because they felt like they weren't being heard. They felt like nothing was going good for them. And they just needed that, that person to just sit down and listen to them. Kind of higher perspective yes. right then and there. Like, honestly, like with this show, like I, I hit a slump. I, I took like five months where I just wasn't doing anything because I was like, I'm, I'm done. And then I am with somebody who has been nothing but supportive and she kind of kicked my ass <laughs> into getting back into it. Well, that's great. You know, we all need need that person that motivates us to do the things that we should be doing. So that's awesome. Because like, I, I say it, I said it, I said all the time. Like even like people who listen to my show, I might not know you, you know, but my my social media stuff is all in my episode, like on my usually in my description for my episodes and things like that. If you just need to talk to somebody to vent, I, I. I mean, I, I, I work in a place where I don't have very good cell reception, but I will do my best to make sure that you're heard and that you can get the help that you need. Right. And, uh, you know, that's my, my, my goal as well with my podcast. You know, like, you know, even if I'm not, like, talking to you directly, I'm hoping that people are getting something out of it, that they are, um, they've, you know, they are listening to what I'm saying and it's helping them, you know. And, you know, I listen, I also read uh, stories that the listeners submit, and that's some pretty, you know, uh, sad, depressing ones so far. And, you know, and I, and I think it made a world of difference to them that, you know, I took the time to talk to them. And, you know, I think it also made a world of difference that their story was being heard to you know, whoever was listening to the podcast. So I definitely think that it helped for sure. Because I, I feel like that's what a lot of people like need. Like, yeah, they, they need the help, but they also need to know that someone's going to listen. Right. So they're yes. not like sitting in a therapist's office with someone who's always, who's, who looks like they're bored of their job and bored of their day just to find out that they didn't when they weren't heard and that they're not giving, they're not given any help. They're not being listened to. So they feel like what they're doing is pointless and they just quit. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's something that really just needs to change. Like if you, if you know somebody who's having a bad time, just reach out. Yes, definitely. I mean, I mean, that's the thing you, you never know. I mean, reaching out could make a world of difference to that person, you know? Uh, yeah. Cause you just don't know what that person might be going through particular moment. And then when they hear from you, that might be all they needed. It's just, it's just, it's just, ins- it's weird to think about it. Cause like sometimes it's just what somebody needs. And I mean, I'm, I'm Christian. I don't know. I, we didn't talk about religion. I really don't bring up religion in my show, but that's a big thing. Like faith is um, being there and being the good Samaritan for people who need it. Regardless of who they are, regardless of their background, you need to be there for them and actually help them. Right. Yeah. Because that's what people need. Yes. 
because you can't just go through life on your own. It's it's hard. Oh yeah, life is incredibly hard. You know, I've learned that. You know, over the years, that life is hard and it'll keep getting harder. But it's just how you adapt and how you and what you learn from life is what matters to at the end of the day. And uh, you know, we had a great conversation. Uh, however, I need to uh, um, head off. Um, for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, but before I go, uh, I just want to tell people where they can listen to my podcast, uh, Getting Real with the Mind. Um, uh, basically, anywhere you can get your podcasts. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Uh, yeah, so anywhere you get your podcasts, where you can listen to it. And uh, make sure you guys, you know... Uh, I'll listen to Jason's podcast um, as well. You know, um, you know, we've chopped it up for over an hour and had a great conversation. I'm, I would definitely like to come on the show again at some point. That, that would be awesome. I'd love to have you on. And thank you for coming on. And thank you for sharing your side of like your story, how you've gone through life and what, like your experiences have been and how you, you, how you're using your show to do good things. Oh, to yeah. be that light. Yes, uh, I mean, there's definitely got to, you know, be someone to do it. So I, I figure, you know, why not me? You know, I feel like people could benefit from, have, you know, from listening to a podcast that I'm presenting because um, I don't think there's a lot of them out there. So yeah, I'm hoping that my show is going to help people and and hopefully have them uh, feel that there is hope. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Cody. Like it's been really cool having you on the show and I would love to have you on again. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely down to do another show and uh, yeah. Thank you for having me on today. Appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime I will, I'll catch you later. Um, I don't have an outro for the show. I just kind of say bye. (laughs) All right. You take care. You too.